0: Praise God. I would like to invite your attention this morning to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 33. The book of Ezekiel, chapter 33. And I'm going to read a few verses of Scripture. And the Lord did something uh, for me in the last little bit that it doesn't happen quite this way all the time. I I was completely prepared to preach something different than this. And don't you just love it when the Lord starts saying... Actually, we're going we're gonna to change that up a little bit. I, I do pray the prayer, uh, when, even when I feel like I've absolutely heard from the Lord, I'll, I'll often pray the prayer, Lord, if there's something that you're speaking to me that, that I've not yet heard, I pray you'll make me sensitive to it. And, uh, and normally it's just a confirmation of what I've already felt led of the Lord to do, but this time he did begin to redirect my thoughts. And so I want to be obedient to the Lord today. Ezekiel chapter 33 and beginning with verse 27. The scripture says this, Say thou thus unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, As I live, surely they that are in the wastes shall fall by the sword. And him that is in the open field will I give to the beasts to be devoured. And they that be in the forts and in the caves shall die of the pestilence. For I will lay the land most desolate, and the pomp of her strength shall cease, and the mountains of Israel shall be desolate, that none shall pass through. Then shall I know that I am the Lord, when I have laid the land most desolate, because of all their abominations which they have committed. Also, thou son of man, the children of thy people still are talking against thee by the walls, and in the doors of the houses, and speak one to another, every one to his brother, saying, Come, I pray you, and hear what is the word that cometh from the Lord. Now, when it says, when it says here that, that the children of thy people are still talking against thee, that, that doesn't necessarily mean they're speaking against Ezekiel. It, it means that they are they are speaking of him or speaking about him. So they're speaking against thee, and they're saying one to his brother, Come, I pray you, and hear what is the word that cometh forth from the Lord. And they come unto thee. As the people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people. And they hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goeth after their covetousness. And lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice, and can play well on an instrument. For they hear thy words, but they do them not. And when this cometh to pass, lo, it will come. Then shall they know that a prophet hath been among them. I want to speak to you for just a few moments this morning, and I feel led of God to do so on this subject, the urgency of the message. The urgency of the message. Could we lift up our voices unto God and ask his blessing upon the preaching of the word. Lord, you're so good to us and gracious and kind and loving and tender-hearted. And even today as we come before you, Lord, to receive of your spirit and your word, we pray that our hearts would be open to what thus saith the Lord. God, I pray you will help us, help us, help us to hear you and to receive from you. And only you, O God, I pray for an anointing upon the preaching of the word of the Lord today. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, we ask these things. And the church said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I really wanted to preach something different today. I was all excited to talk about thanksgiving and talk about gratitude and to talk about even vision and things of that nature. But there is an urgency. And, and, I, and I, I want to be sensitive to that urgency of the, of the Lord. This prophet Ezekiel is one of the great prophets of the Old Testament. We call him a major prophet. And this delineation between major and minor prophets has to do with the fact that their books are different in size. Ezekiel's book is a big book, and so we call him a major prophet. And Obadiah's book, for instance, is uh, one chapter, and we call that a minor prophet. Uh, but their prophecies were, were very uh, important and significant just the same. But Ezekiel had a lot to say, and God used him to speak a lot. His, his book opens with this uh, amazing encounter that he had with God, and, and it, it took place by the river Shebar. The Bible says that he basically laid down by the river Shabar. He was in communion with God. He was talking to God. And while he lay there, the Bible says that he looked into the heavens and the heavens were opened and he saw visions of God. Now, uh, these visions of God were very similar to the same visions that the prophet Isaiah had and that John the Revelator would have many years later. And not only many years later, but a whole testament later. Uh, The testament of God and the covenant of God literally changed. And and John the Revelator was speaking of, of things concerning the heavens. And Isaiah, before Ezekiel, had spoken of things concerning the heavens. And now Ezekiel is speaking of things concerning these same heavens. And wouldn't you know it, they're all saying the same thing. Because you can separate them by years. You can separate them by trade you can separate them by demographic but they are still speaking of one true living god who does not change. And so yes, they are all saying the same thing. The heavens opened and they saw the exact same god and the exact same surroundings and environment concerning God and Ezekiel had a mandate from the Lord. His mandate had to do with with notifying Israel and prophesying to Israel concerning the renewal of israel that they're going to come back that they're going to be resurrected that they're going to be rebuilt that they're going to be lifted up that they're going to return they're not always going to be exiled they're not always going to be captive they're not always going to be in bondage but they are god has a plan for them and we see these beautiful prophecies of Ezekiel played out some of the more famous, if you please, prophecies of Ezekiel have to do with Ezekiel 37, Ezekiel 47. In the 37th chapter, we, we see Ezekiel taken by the Spirit to see a vision of a valley that was full of dry bones. And the Lord asks him the question, can these bones live? And, this, and in this interaction with God... Ezekiel wisely says thou knowest Lord I don't I don't know I mean you're God and so I don't want to answer the wrong way you're asking me can these bones live and I'm telling you you would know the answer to that question he said well then prophesy to the bones and so Ezekiel did he prophesied to the bones he commanded the bones to come together and they came together together bone to the bone and a joint to the joint and, the, and he prophesied again and the sinew began to cover the bones and it really truly is an amazing uh, metaphor and a, a beautiful vision and revelation and understanding because Israel was kind of like that valley of dry bones. They were sawn asunder, broken asunder, fragmented and fractured. But by the power of the prophesied, declared word of God, these bones were able to come together and stand up as a mighty army before God. And the Lord was showing Ezekiel, this is how I see my people. I don't see them as being a fragmented, fractured, broken bunch. I see them as a put-together, composed, collected, Army that stands before me. And I want you to know today that's how God sees you. That's how God sees us. And you may have trouble feeling that way about yourself because maybe you are keenly aware of your brokenness. Perhaps you are, are, are acutely aware of your fractured nature. But I want you to know God wants to change all of that. He wants to put you back together. He wants to connect you with bones that fell off of you a long time ago. He wants to put his people in a position of power and victory and overcoming strength. And so he lets Ezekiel see that. And then after the the bones come together and the army stands resolute, the Lord says, prophesy to the wind. And Ezekiel begins to prophesy to the wind. He declares the word of the Lord to the wind. And as the word reaches the wind, the wind has no choice but to start blowing where God tells it to blow. And the wind moves upon this army of, of individuals and, and fills the lungs of, these, of this army. And this army begins to breathe, inhale and exhale. And now it's not just a lifeless group of bones that have been put together, but it is a fully functioning, living organism of military might. And God says, that's my people. It's a foretelling. It's a foretelling of Acts 2 and 38. Repent and be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repentance and baptism in Jesus' name is the bone coming together and standing resolute. But when we're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, that's the wind of God entering us again. And so Ezekiel saw this and prophesied this, and God let him see exactly what he was going to do in his people. Ezekiel 47 is the culmination of a beautiful vision of the temple of God. A temple that had been been the centerpiece of Israel's strength and grandeur, but, but had become ravaged by opposing armies and, and wicked kings. And so God takes Ezekiel into the parameters and all of the square footage of the temple of God. He makes him fully aware of what the temple is all about and then begins to give him understanding that the temple that is coming is not a temple made with men's hands but that it is my people. My people are my temple. This is what the Lord was helping Ezekiel to know. And he finally brings him to the door of the temple. And the Bible says that under the door came a trickle of water. And this water began to flow. And, and, and Ezekiel is standing in the water, the Bible says, up to his ankles. And it, it reached his ankles. And the further that the water went and the further that ezekiel went with the water the water became to his knees and then it came to his waist and then it was up to his shoulders and then finally it was waters to swim in and the bible says that 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 little trickle that came from under the temple door wasn't just a trickle anymore but now it had turned into a mighty rushing river that went out into the cities and into the villages and into all of of the lands nearby. And every place that the river went, there was healing, there was restoration, there was life, every dead thing came back to life, every dead dream, every dead hope, every lost loved one, everything that the river touched came back to life. Old broken down cities all began to revive at the touch of the river. And this was a beautiful metaphor, an example to Ezekiel of exactly how the power of God is going to work. That the river is going to come from the temple of the Lord. And that the river is going to flow. And that nothing will be able to stop the river. And that the river is going to touch dead things and dead things are going to come back to life. I want you to know something. We are that temple. And that river is the Spirit of God. Uh, this is why on that last great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and said, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Then the Bible takes a moment to say, This spake he of the Spirit. I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, we have the Holy Ghost. And that's more than just a little feel-good something or other. No, that is the real, living, genuine spirit of the living God. And I want you to know it'll bring dead things back to life. I want you to know it'll heal marriages. I want you to know it'll mend broken hearts. I want you to know it'll deliver the captive. It'll set. At liberty, them that are bruised. The Spirit of God flows like a mighty river with healing in its agency. And this is what Ezekiel saw. And this is what Ezekiel testified to Israel. You are the temple of God. From you is going to flow the spirit of the Lord. From you is going to flow a power that is going to raise the dead. He was speaking of the resurrection. From you, ladies and gentlemen, is going to flow the power of the Holy Ghost. You are a mighty army, he told Israel. And God is going to bring the bones back together. He's gonna take what was fractured and fragmented, those things that were broken apart, God's gonna put it back together. And God's gonna breathe His Spirit into your nostrils and into your lungs and it's going to get down on the inside of the members of your person and you are going to be a mighty soldier. You're not going to be broken down, depressed, disheartened, discouraged, absolutely out of your wits. No sir, no ma'am. He's going to put you in your right mind. He's going to cleanse you of all of that condemnation. He's going to purify you of those self-destructive habits and he's going to lift anybody, believe me today, I'm not preaching my fairy tale. I'm talking to you about the unadulterated truth of the Word of God. I need some, I need a believer. I, I need a believer. Come on, believers! I need believers. How do you expect the world to believe if you don't believe? Has he been? Good to
1: you. Has he lifted
0: you? I'm telling you, God's been too good to me not to praise him, not to love him, not to thank him. I am consecrated to God, not out of a guilty conscience. I am consecrated to God, not out of peer pressure. I am consecrated to God because he has been good to me. And I want you to hear me well. When I say he's been good to me, I don't mean everything went exactly as I wanted it to. But I've come to tell you, even in the bad times, he was good to me. I have learned that all things work together for the good. Hallelujah. He's a good God. He's a healer. He is a deliverer. He will reach down into whatever pit of despair you find yourself. It doesn't matter. if you dug your own grave, he'll still reach down. It doesn't matter if it's all your fault, He will still reach down. It, My God I feel the Holy. Ghost. God is a holy God. And he expects us to be holy. But we're going to back the condemner off of you today. We're going to back the accuser off of you today. God knows that you don't have the ability within yourself to be holy. No, he knows that the holiness you will have will come only from him. But it will come from him. You can expect it to arrive. It, it is a holy spirit. Hallelujah. This is what Ezekiel was commissioned of God to say, You're an army, you're a mighty soldier, you're not weak, you're a soldier. You're not depressed and anxious, you're a soldier. You're not a warrior, you're a warrior. Don't you sit back and let the devil beat you down and make you feel like you are forever captive to the bad decisions you've made. We've all made bad decisions, but Jesus will reconcile us unto God. The challenge that Ezekiel had was in trying to get people to come to this understanding of the power God was putting in them. The challenge that he had was in their self-destruction. And so he he had to speak up and speak out before he could ever tell them about being a mighty soldier, before he could ever tell them about being the temple of the Lord and that river that flows from them, before he could do any of that, he had to help them understand that their self-destructive ways were preventing the promises of God from really having their effect. And so he, he said it like this. He said, the Lord told him, he said, I want you to say to them, as I live... Hey, that's a a pretty powerful preface. Because I'm going to tell you one thing about God. He lives. Before he began to deliver the word, he, he said, I want you to know that this is as sure a thing as my existence is. As I live, as I live, saith the Lord, surely, they that are in the wastes shall fall by the sword. And they that are in the open field will I give to the beasts to be devoured. And they that be in the forts and the caves shall die of the pestilence. And the Lord began to deal with me and, and it showed me the three categories of self-destruction that people experience. There are those who are in the wastes. Those that are in the wastelands. These self-destructive habits That are, this word waste means decay. And you live a life of decay. and, And the decay is constantly warring against your body, your soul, and your spirit. It can be anything from alcoholism to drug abuse to illicit sexual immorality. It can be perversions. These are things of decay, and they are warring against you. The apostle Peter told us to abstain from fleshly lusts, and he explained why. He said because they war against the soul. I know that's a hard thing. A fleshly lust is a challenging thing because the very word lust means that it is something that your flesh desires. It is something that your flesh wants. How do you overcome something that your flesh wants? How is it that you can overcome something that your flesh desires? And I don't know that I can fully articulate it. But I can tell you that when you repent of your sins and are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and he fills you with the gift of the Holy Ghost, I want you to know that he will give you power to abstain from fleshly lusts which war against your soul. It is vitally important that we do that because why would you give in to fleshly lusts which war against the soul? These are lusts of the flesh. The flesh is going to die. It could die at any time. We are pretty fragile people. One wrong move with the steering wheel and it could all be over. Our flesh will die at some point, but those lusts of the flesh war against our soul. And the prophet Ezekiel said those who are in the wastelands, the places of decay, they're going to fall by the sword. He explained that the places of decay in the wastelands, there is a tendency to become prone to violence. This is why running with the wrong crowd, it can end up really bad for you. You you don't even have to be a bad person. But just running with the wrong crowd could get you into a heap of trouble. There was a young man in my grandfather's church who had gotten involved with dealing drugs. And he was involved in some pretty high-level drug selling. and, And he went to a particular place a large city, and he was prepared to go through with what was the, had the cover of a business transaction, but it was it was the it was the exchange of money and drugs. And as he prepared to go the next morning, he went to sleep the night before. He was a backslidden young person; he had walked away from God, and he's living in the wastelands. He's living in places of decay, and he had a dream. And in that dream, he had walked down a long hallway into a a, a business room. It was at the end of the hallway. And as he came to reach for the door handle and and was going to turn the handle, the handle grew hot in his hand, and he pulled it back. And like a mirage, my grandfather, who was his pastor, appeared next to him and said, Do not walk through that door. He shrugged it off in the dream, put his hand back onto the handle, and it grew hot again. He released it, and again, the mirage of my grandfather, almost like a hologram, said, Do not walk through that door the third time it happened and finally the young man woke up it so put the fear of god in him that he dare not he durst not go to that place of drug transaction and it was just a couple of hours later that that a it was a sting operation and a shootout unfolded and most of the people involved were murdered and killed in that place And he realized that the Lord was reaching for him. As I'm reaching for somebody here today. I don't know why. I had something else to preach. I I did. I had something else to preach. And I said, God, is there something I'm missing? And I don't know who it is. But you know who it is. You know who you are somebody in the places of decay, somebody in the wastelands where you're constantly on guard and you know it's only been by the mercy of God that it hasn't gotten worse than it has been thus far. God is reaching for you today saying that those in the wastelands will die by the sword. It will happen and it won't even be God doing it. It's that you will make yourself vulnerable and prone. To the sword of violence. He said then there are people in the open field. This open field infers sowing and reaping. It's an open field. It's a harvest field. And there are people who are in the open field. They're not in places of decay. they, They deceive themselves. Because though they may not be in a place of decay. They are not in covenant with God. They're walking dangerously along their own path. Along their own way thinking and feeling as the enemy has deceived them that all is well but the Bible says that the Lord will give them over to the beasts yeah this is when God says if you want it you can have it if this is the if this is the path you want to walk then you're going to get everything in that path this is the way walk ye in it but if that's the way you choose I'm going to let you encounter everything along that way and there are people in the open field as I preach to you right now and you don't feel like there's any impending judgment because you think you're not in a place of decay but you are vulnerable to the beasts you are vulnerable to the lion who seeks whom he may devour It reminds me of the young prophet who disobeyed God when God said, go there and come back another way. Don't stop at anybody's house. But he did. He listened to a false prophet, and he went to somebody's house. And then as he left, he ran into a lion that devoured him. And what we understand is that God's really odd directive that he gave, go this way and come another way. It didn't make any sense. And because it didn't make any sense, the young man thought it was negotiable. It wasn't negotiable. God knows where the lions are. And when he gives you a path, a pathway, a walkway, it may not make sense to you. But God knows where the adversary is. And he'll chart a course for you that won't make sense to your flesh. But it'll put you out of harm's way. I'm reaching for somebody in the open field today. You're making money. You're growing your business. Your career is expanding. Things are good. Things are fine. Without God, things are fine. No, they're not. No, they're not. The beasts will catch up with you. They'll catch up with you. And God sent you a word today. In the name of Jesus, hear my spirit. Understand that I wanted to do something different, but the Lord wants me to reach for somebody in the open field. He wants me to reach for somebody in the place of decay. Hallelujah. I'll tell you where else he said. He said, There are those who are in the forts and in the caves, and they shall die of the pestilence. There are some people who their rebellion against God, it's not in the open field, they're not prospering, and the things aren't good, and it's not necessarily decay they've just withdrawn they're in forts and they're in caves they've got the walls up they've got the guards up they don't trust they don't love they won't let themselves be loved and the pestilence is different than the beast this isn't a roaring thing you you don't it doesn't have Teeth. You can't see, hear its footsteps. It floats in the air. It's invisible to the natural eye. You'd have to put it under a microscope to see it. It is a pestilence. It's something that gets into your bloodstream. It's like a cancer that eats its way out. It's a bitterness. It's a resentment. It's a grudge. It's an unforgiveness. It's something that eats you up on the inside. Sometimes you can even put a smile on your face. But you have retreated to that fort. You have retreated to that cave. You are stuck in a den of your own making. And God is reaching for you this morning saying, I want to make you a mighty soldier. I want to turn you into the temple of the Lord. I want to make something special out of you. Come up out of your distrust. Come away from your broken bitterness. Stop holding grudges against people who aren't and can never harm you again. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. Yeah, no, no, he said, listen, the Lord said, you got to say this to them because they're stuck in their dens. They're stuck in their caves and their fortresses. There's some in the open field who think everything's fine because everything in this natural life is. And there are others who are in places of decay. Oh, he said, listen, don't, don't get it mixed up, Ezekiel, because they still speak of you. They still talk about you. They're not against you. They, they even invite people, come, hear the word of the Lord. But they treat you, Ezekiel, like an entertainer. They, they, they listen to your sermon, and it's like a lovely song being played it's it's like a radio you can turn off and on it's it's pleasant to the ear there's something about hearing you say it that even just hearing it soothes the soul and they they say with their mouth much love but but they do not do the word of the lord and james the great writer and follower of jesus and brother of jesus said it so well He said, if you look in the mirror and you behold all of your flaws, and that's what the Word of God is like. The Word of God puts a a mirror in front of us, and it shows us everything about ourselves that needs to change. I'm going to tell you, don't listen. Don't just read this for comfort. Read it for comfort, but don't just read it for comfort. Read it also for correction. Let it teach you to live differently. Let it teach you to make some changes. I'll just tell you. I'll just tell you, I do. When I read this Bible, I want this Bible to speak to me because before I'll ever preach it to you, it's got to speak to me. Lord, deliver me from any place of decay. God, I don't want to be out here in the open field acting like the devil isn't a real thing. God, deliver me from my own fortress and my own cave and the den of my own mind and thinking, Lord, deliver it. Let this word correct you. And if you'll let it correct you, it will comfort you. you. This isn't entertainment. These beautiful songs that these wonderful singers sing, these talented, anointed musicians play that they come together and pray and practice and put forth. And when we clap our hands and we put these words on the screen, this this is not an entertainment venue. We're in the middle of building this beautiful building and we've got we're going to have amazing sound quality and the audio visual experience we're dedicated to making it a good experience and and, and it's going to be the best we've ever had here and, and it's going to be wonderful and we're so excited but while we were going through all the details Brother Jeremy Hatfield pulled me aside he said, Pastor tears welled up in his eyes, he said I want to make sure you understand that we know beyond the shadow of a doubt that we can have this as perfect as we want it, but if we don't have the Holy Ghost, we don't have anything. And he's right. It doesn't matter how comfortable your seat. It doesn't matter how pretty the picture. It doesn't matter how put together. If we don't have the power of the Holy Ghost, we don't have anything at all. We've got to have the anointing. We've got to have sound doctrine. We've got to have prayer and fasting and worship and preaching and teaching. It's not entertainment. Don't come and listen to a pleasant sound and walk away saying, that felt good, but be unchanged. Oh, God, let the Word get in our heart. Let the Spirit of God begin to do a work on the inside of us. Pull us out of our habits of decay. Pull us out of our open field of self-reliance and self-sufficiency. Lord, pull us away from our forts and caves and dens of distrust and resentment. Hallelujah. He said, listen, When it comes to pass, and it will come to pass, they will know that a prophet hath been among them. One day, one day, we all will realize that every word in this book is true. Oh, it's not a question of whether you will acknowledge it. Oh, you will acknowledge it. Every knee shall bow. not a question. You will have faith. You will believe. Every tongue shall confess. I want you to know that every atheist, every arrogant, agnostic voice in our society, those tongues will confess with firm conviction that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's not a question of whether you will believe. It's a question of whether you will believe in time. It's a question of whether you will believe when there's a chance to be saved Listen, there is a lake that burneth with fire, there is a hell that hath torment there is an antichrist spirit, there is an end to this world as you know it and the question is not whether you'll believe all that, you absolutely 100% will the question is Will you make the necessary adjustments now in order for it to make a difference in eternity? Yeah. It's urgent. It's the urgency of the message. It's why we're building buildings. It's why we have multiple campuses. It's why we're praying and fasting. It's why we've got children right now being taught the word of the Lord. It's why there are teenagers right now hearing the word of the Lord. It's why you invited your friends today. Because it's an urgent message. Somebody lift your hands all across this house. Could you do that? Could you lift your voices unto God? Hallelujah. 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 Our musicians can come. Our musicians can come. God is in this place. God is in this place. God is in this place. Hallelujah. 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 If you've never heard me preach before, then maybe you don't know, but if you've heard me preach any, you know I prefer to talk about the love of God, the mercy of the Lord, the hope that we have, the peace that comes and passes all understanding. You know that I love to talk about His compassions, failing not. And I'm not doing anything different this morning. I want you to know that. I want you to know that this is not hate speech. This is love speech. This is an urgent message and how can you let people walking close to a cliff, how can you let them fall off that cliff without sending a certain sound that Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was, it was the prophet Ezekiel who explained that Meshach and Tubal and Gog and Magog and if you follow those, those principalities down into modern times you're talking about Moscow. When the Bible talks about kings of the north it's talking about Russia. When it talks about kings of the east it's talking about China. It is talking about a communist ideology and it is weaving its way trying to erode freedom of worshiping God yes it is it 100% is and don't you let the acceptance of this world blind you to the fact that these prophecies are coming to pass right before our eyes I'm going to tell you you will walk with blinders on straight into hell yes you will at some point you're going to have to realize this word is true and God is above all Come up out of your place of decay, moral decay. Come up out of that adultery, come up out of that fornication, come up out of that drunkenness, come up out of that reveling, come up out of it, come out of it, come out of it. Come up out of your open field where you think you have it all figured out and you don't need God like other people need God. Come up out of those forts and caves where you've been hiding. Because you're afraid to love again, and you're afraid you'll get hurt again. you got to come out of that. Don't just leave this place and say, it was like a pleasant song. The Lord spoke to the prophet Amos and said this. He said, the day of the Lord is coming, and it is darkness, not light. It is darkness, not light. And he said, I'm tired of your feast days. I'm tired of your solemn assemblies. Because you come and you play your instruments, but there's no change in your spirit. I have no idea why the Lord redirected my thoughts, but somebody in this house knows exactly why. Let's stand to our feet right now. Lift up our hands unto the Lord. Come on all across this house. Lift up your voice unto God right now. Come on, lift up your voice unto God right now. Lift up your voice unto God right now. Oh, the Holy Ghost is drawing us. I want somebody to come down to the front of this house. These altars are officially open. I need somebody to come right now and say, God, I can sense the urgency. Lord, let me deliver my soul to you. Come on, that's it. God bless you. That's it, God bless you.
1: Bring it all to Jesus. Bring it all to Jesus.